0: Listening to The Nasty Table, the premier source for tabletop role playing actual play. Now come on in, relax, and pull up a seat to The Nasty Table.
1: Looks like someone applied ink to him, So there is a picture down there. No, there's nothing I can do.
2: I get out and
3: take out the metal detector. Beep, beep, beep. Takes you a little Try bit to dig deep. around there it.
1: There is something in there and you can see it now. It is in carved with some sort of insignia. That's in three spots. And I
3: don't want to leave these pictures unattended.
1: You asked me to do this. You remember? Any universities around there? University of Chicago. Bastian Becker.
2: I'm looking for the warehouse district.
1: It's in the warehouse district. Thank you.
2: Hang up.
3: Has it ever gone smoothly when he calls? No. That's why I had him call. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Can't even. Uh,
3: it's just like.
0: Why do you think this is gonna be weird? Can't get it down here.
1: What's um, weird? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Okay. You Forget I said that. Right. I'm good at that. I don't need that. No, you're
1: not.
3: Dude, there was a Hoyt Peak in Yellowstone. Nah. Was there really? <laughs> yeah. It was like the mountain next to the mountain we climbed. Oh, that's, awesome. that's sick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have, have you guys been keeping good notes? You guys think your note keeping's up to snuff? I've done much better. Really? Yeah, but some characters I'd like... That's what I attribute the intelligence level to, kind of. Oh, you know
1: yeah and that's actually something that I, I wanted to actually talk about if I had the chance to I'm glad you bring it up is like so this is so much different than like typical d where like you you don't really you're not solving the whole point of the campaign isn't to solve a case kind of like this is so one of the things that I was curious about is like how do you guys balance that as players to balance out the role-playing aspect but also like the your own personal critical thinking aspect?
3: I, I can't really stop do. my critical thinking so I have to limit it with like kind of how I maintain my, what I got so What do you mean the more disheveled my info is kind of
0: mm-hmm. Oh, um, that, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Know, that's that's pretty it's cool. like
3: That's that's your this is your character's <laughs> info right? right so Do you guys separate it like
1: that too or or is there a is there a blend there between between? character and
4: player character <clears throat> when I know something it's hard when I know something that like Roy, I don't think is like smart enough to know or shit like that. It hurts. Like I really want to just throw it in. Like I have, and then you guys have been like, we don't fucking know that. But yet. he's sergeant. He's smart enough. Just, Believe in him. I know, dude. So it's it's hard for me too. But I I I think it's more painful for David than for me. That's okay. just as a comparison. Why do you say that? Because he likes his critical thinking as a player, and I well, know that. You have
1: made some critical <clears throat> thoughts, reality yeah. at the table. Is there any, like, is there an idea or or, or a theory that you have as Chup, but that Ray doesn't? Because uh, I, oh. I don't want you guys to limit yourselves just because you're playing characters. Yeah, I mean, like the whole I point have, is that...
3: Yes, yes, yeah, you're right. There's the ones I uh convey with with ray are the the ones i think ray would convey right and it's well i've been thinking so much as ray then i kind of think it is the like my most viable options which at least what i've described in the campaign is what i thought but yeah there's other things that like i've just thought about talked about that are like possibilities and right, that's, that we haven't and
1: that's cool like I I'm, I, I see what this is is I, I, it's it's a balance between the people at the table solving this case and also the characters at the table solving the case 99.9% of the time they're the same thing I think personally so I don't want you guys to limit yourselves you know just because of your character now the actions that you take yes obviously make them in character but just coming up with ideas talking through theories and stuff like that that's you know you don't have to limit yourselves on that if you have been i don't know
4: yeah yeah i don't think that i've been like limiting myself because of how roy is but like the like what the first thought that i had was when like like i definitely think it's paranormal shit roy is still like he's really leaning towards paranormal but like that took that was a, a big slow burn compared to Alex. Mm-hmm. But I had fun, like, portraying that, like, slow kind of, like, understanding of, like, what the fuck is actually happening. Mm. So. Uh, you guys want to give me a recap? I'm
3: not on board with our wavelength of how we're treating this case. Right. Uh, like, like, end game, what we think, you know, I don't want to say ghost, but ghost. Ghost is a weird term for Phenomena. it. Phenomena. Yeah.
1: Unexplainable.
3: Um... Yeah, he's he's not really on board with it, but he's on board with the fact that he's roped in. And he's he's aware of the stakes. Uneasy
1: is putting Davy into the fold out of pragmatics or something else. Why did you guys decide to bring Davey in the fold? Is it just because he can develop pictures and he is a coroner?
2: I think it's because he's already so, like, like, out of anybody that knows shit, like, he knows a whole lot for being, like, outside. More than Longo? It. Well, well L- no, L- but already made him cross the line. He had to
3: cross the line without, like, we were hands off of him, and he already had to implicate himself on this case, so, like, kind of, I don't want to say fell into our lap, that's not correct, but, like, it was a little gift.
2: Right. To me, an opportunity. like, the
3: closest, like,
2: to the case that isn't us five, including Lieutenant, like...
1: Of note, Longo has no idea what happened at Weiss's house.
4: Mm -hmm. Like, when we even presented, like, the idea of him being on board with us, he wasn't like, fuck yeah, I trust you guys, like, let's do it. Which not that he has to be like that because he doesn't, but he was like kind of the opposite where he was like, "Fuck, like, okay, like I'll do it," but I don't want to fucking hear anything about ghosts or any of this crazy bullshit. And when we were in the room developing pictures, he
3: was pr- he was crooked. He was he was
1: he was getting <clears throat> a little snippy too. There were there were some snippy moments.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and like it, we weren't trying to be rude it, either. We were being nice.
1: Yeah, and um. I, I don't I think you guys made a role for it. Like how's how is is he tired? And I said, no, not physically. But mm-hmm. mentally, yeah, he's drained. You just dump this whole fucking thing on him and then, you know. I guess it's a question of because even now, Ray is apprehensive about leaving those photographs out of your personal purview, right?
3: Uh well, I I'd be willing to maybe let like that's what I'm gonna say. Would you so, like, like some people in the group? Would you it, let yeah. Roy hold on to him? Would you let Caleb, Jerry, like Caleb, all during the day? Yeah, yeah. But no, not, that's. I, I mean, I'd say that in front of Caleb, like in in person. You know, like he's he's a liability at night, and he knows it. But so you why wouldn't. The fuck, would I give you all the evidence? You wouldn't <laughs> let Davy Jones
1: hold on to him. No. Right. Because there's 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 levels to it.
3: Yeah. Well. The, there's four people that are the most implicated in everything. Mm. So those are the people that can hold it. But Davey is like
4: it was as I was explaining it to him where I was like, fuck, you actually really don't have a choice in this. Like, that's I was what, like yeah, that's like, kind of what I'm saying. Like yeah. we're almost holding it over his head. We like, kinda are, that's probably why he's pissed. And like I'll give it like twenty four hours before like that's like he's either gonna snitch and we're gonna be in trouble, or he's not and he's really gonna be with us, you know? Cause like, that's just that's just the boat that we're in.
1: Cause it was, I, I think the exact wording was like, "You're already in this." Yeah. You know, you looked over the body. You, you know, broke this this chain of command and this this the way that it's supposed to go. You broke the law. You're already here with us. You know, so you might as well do this. Yeah. But we also it, told them to keep a gun on them. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. that.
2: I feel like that is like. Like, if someone told me, like, after a situation like that, keep a gun on you, I'm like, why? Who's coming for me? You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I was him, I wouldn't be
4: snitching because I'd be fucking scared. And then who would he even snitch to? Like, is he going to... I don't know. You know, like, he's he can't go all the way up to Dan Winter's. And well, he nobody might be knows. Able to. We literally
3: fucking, we named, At some point, we definitely name-dropped Dan Winters to him. <coughs> we, not we only, did. not yes. only
1: did you name-drop Dan Winters, he saw the developed photo of oh, Dan Winters. was that, was that Winters.
3: early enough in the...
1: Yeah, so the thing that we said is that, well, that first canister, which was the one from the storage locker, you sent that off to Minneapolis, so those already got developed. So really, what Davey's working on is that second canister, which is talking about, like, the RJ's place.
3: Okay. So we just started to see them at night. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: So, with the end of another shift, the four of you have, although staggered, each clocked out and begun to make your ways home, with Jerry and Caleb leaving earlier than Roy and Ray. At this point, it's currently about 8.30, and I do want to ask first, Caleb and Jerry, what are you guys doing when you leave, probably about an hour or so prior to that?
0: Um, yeah, I don't have much. Um, probably going home, catching up on sleep. Probably got a weird sleep schedule right now.
1: Just going home and going to
2: sleep. Is it the end of our work day?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, just going home.
1: Caleb, you go home. Your wife is still up. It seems like she made dinner, uh, but previously. So there are leftovers for you in the oven if you so choose. Looks like she's already about getting ready to get to bed. Your mom, as well, is already fallen asleep. Anything you want to do before you go to bed? No. Headed to bed. To sleep. Jerry? Just straight home, straight to bed? Straight home, straight to bed. Fucking so, tired. So, that happened about an hour prior. You two who stuck around while Davey developed the photos. Uh, I believe we also had a conversation about the logging of evidence and what you're putting in lockup, what you're keeping out. But regardless, you clock out and you guys leave about an hour later, an hour and a half after your shift's supposed to be ended. So what do you guys do? Where do you guys head?
3: So what time is it now? Sorry. At this point, it's about
4: 8.30. Do we get a... So
3: you have all the pictures, Ray? Uh, Yeah, I got everything in this canister. The undeveloped and undeveloped. All right.
4: Well, see you tomorrow. All right, man. Heading home? Yeah.
1: Okay. So, Ray, you make your way home to your double-wide uneventful drive. Make your way inside. Sarge runs up you know, pads down and asks for pets, and is there anything that you do before you go to sleep?
3: Yeah, I stay up for a while, have a couple beers, okay, a couple cigs, fetch Mm. with the dog.
1: What's going through your mind during this?
3: I just kind of don't want to go to bed. Well, I'm apprehensive, that's all. Mm. That's all. Okay. Enough to keep me up, just, you know, just a little little thing not making me not want to go to sleep
4: okay
1: Roy making your way back to your ranch yeah make your way in all seems quiet on the home front the sun has set by this point obviously but is there anything that you do when you walk in you walk in and immediately look towards the kitchen to see a bag has already been set up April has made her own lunch for the following day
4: nice I open the bag What, what did she make
1: it looks like it's a ham and cheese sandwich with a bag of chips and a juice box.
4: Nice.
0: Oh, that dirty bitch left it on the table.
4: Yeah. What? Oh. God, damn, she don't, doesn't learn anything. I put what? it. It's in,
1: it's in. It's 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 in a in a little bag. You know. Right. Where else is she supposed to put it? The fridge. The fridge. It's a fucking ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> it's
2: just gonna sit outside. Fucking, That's true.
1: That's you true. have the feeling that it may be more of a message.
4: Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> I. Okay. <laughs> I go I open up the little cabinet where I keep like pens and keys and sticky notes and shit and I pull a sticky note out. Okay. Uh, okay. And I write on the sticky note April. Um I'm sorry that I really haven't been as much myself lately. Let's do dinner tomorrow I'll take you out Okay. Love Uncle Roy Put it in her lunch bag Put it in the fridge (laughs) Yeah
3: Yeah. Roy is such a fucking good guy Until he's Mm -hmm. bound in chains in a coffin tomorrow Oh
2: (laughs) shit
3: (laughs) He's still a good guy though
1: So are you doing anything else before you bed down?
4: Do I see the chicken?
1: Oh, the chicken is still... in the yes. marker?
4: Okay. Fucking... No, it's the fat. chicken
1: is... Oh. <laughs> pocking around.
4: Okay. I walk up and smell it. And look at it. Does it... Anything? No. No? Alright. You are sor-
1: certain... Now more than ever that this is a... Default generic chicken. Okay. Default underscore chicken one.
4: Okay, I've... F- I've... F- <sighs> Killed the chicken. I'll leave it. In, I'll leave the chicken in the house. Some gives you know, throw some grain out. Right, just hardwood floor. Starts pecking. It misses like the first like three pecks, but yeah, gets a couple other ones. Roy yeah. hates this fucking chicken. Roy's like watching this chicken. It's like you fucking idiot. Roy just has a moment of silence. Takes out his gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just fucking
2: shoots it like five rounds. I'm sick of this. Blows shit. up. Just feathers everywhere.
4: Yeah. Yeah, feed feed the chicken. Go upstairs, brush my teeth. You know, I. If April's not really making any noise, I'm just gonna assume. She, well, it's like 9 p.m., right? Yeah. About
1: maybe right. a little bit later.
4: Okay, I'll just assume she's you know she's settling in. Go to bed.
1: Okay. Sleep takes the four of you, although at various points in the night. But I will ask that everyone leave the table. Except for Mike
3: Finn. Fuck. Oh, yeah. oh I did a Daytime out there, God. Oh, that's... Fuck! We forgot to...
1: We forgot. Hi, Mike Finn. All right, Joey. That's all right. We're having fun. Hey, perk up. Here not, we are. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna do anything. So sleep does take you. What is your mental state knowing things that have been occurring while you're asleep does Caleb not care is he over it what's the what's what's the thought process
0: I it's not over it it's um I mean he's always trying to ground himself I think I talked about that before and he's trying to ground himself especially now I mean he got so many details about the case and the one thing that he knows is solving a case um Being there with facts and evidence and um, the supernatural almost uh, is really what's throwing him off. So he's just trying to almost will it into fuck what's ever happening to me. I'm gonna make sure that it doesn't. Just through straight willpower, I'm gonna control something that is in the back of his mind, uncontrollable.
1: Sleep does take you regardless. You fall asleep next to your wife. Slowly, your vision fades and you have a dream that's Not a dream, it's a feeling. Tightness. Being bound. Tied, stuck. Released. Tied, released. Squeezed. You're not being squeezed, you're squeezing something. Or you're releasing something. Are you squeezing something or are you releasing something? Squeeze or release. Squeeze or release. 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 You wake up. You're behind the wheel of a car. Parked out front of Quick Store. Crime scene tape is still up. But you heard a click. Right before you came to. As if you were getting into the car. And closing the door. You take in your surroundings. It's daylight. But you're alone in the car.
0: Radio uh, car of clock
1: car has a clock What's the
0: time ring? 630 a.m Any other cars in the parking lot no I Get out you get out uh, Can I see into the front lobby yeah anything not em- opening the door just looking through. empty There's still stains on the floor Same as we left it.
1: Same as you left it.
0: Head back into the Rosa lockers.
1: Make your way back. You see the locker that has been so much of so much investigation. Uh, The crime scene tape has been torn down. And the locker is lifted up just a little bit. The gate.
0: Do I have anything on my person? No. You have your
1: wallet. And at this point, you did not consider it prior, but you take a look at what you're wearing. You're wearing typical, normal clothes, and you have your badge on your hip. You also have your gun on you. For all intents and purposes, you look like your normal detective workwear.
0: Do I have any light on me? No. Can I see into the locker a good amount? Yeah. How it's cracked?
1: Yeah, if you bend down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you bend down and you can see that it's been completely emptied, save for the coffin.
0: Open it up. Open it up enough to let a little bit of
1: light in. And the light shines in and ricochets off of the concrete walls, illuminating a scene that is simply an empty locker except for this coffin, which is closed. The chains are still there as well, laying gently on either side of the coffin.
0: Go up to the coffin. Put a hand on it. Cold to the touch. The handle. The Where you would grasp it to open. Yeah. Does it feel like it would open with ease if I cracked it with my finger? Yeah. Can
1: I do so? You lift it ever so gently, cracked open.
0: Can I see inside? If you
1: bend down a little bit to peek inside, it looks empty. No,
0: no. No, no. Close it. Close the door. And try to put the tape up as best I can. Mm-hmm. It's easy enough. I get back in the car. Search the car. Did I bring anything else? Nope. Trunk, nothing?
1: If you get out, open up the trunk, no.
0: Yeah, um... My personal vehicle? Yes. Head back home? Head
1: back home. Make your way back inside. Looks like you're... Wife isn't home um, Might be out for groceries Or errands
0: or something like that Sit down on the couch See if I need the sleep
1: You feel fine You feel well rested
0: Prepare for my shift Prepare for your shift
1: So sleep takes the rest of you your nights are rather uneventful, uh, Jerry. You wake up. What time you think about?
2: Jerry's like a seven a.m. waker-upper.
1: Okay. Well, your shift starts at seven.
2: Six a.m. waker-upper.
1: Six a.m. Wake up. Start getting ready for the day. Yeah.
2: Make a coffee. hmm Smoke a ciggy. Okay. Fucking just. Reflect on everything because like he kind of has like moments every so often where he's like fuck like this is just like a lot
1: Uh, Your uh, wife does approach you at one point though
2: Yeah, I I would assume that I've been very distant she actually
1: she comes up to you specifically to say Because when you came home she was already in bed, but she says Jerry I was listening to the radio about the press conference that was yesterday Are you involved in what they were talking about?
4: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You're
1: working that case.
2: Yeah. It's tough.
1: Is it as bad as it, as it as it seems?
2: I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Jerry's just kind of like looking out. Like I feel like I feel like we're like in the kitchen. I'm like looking out a window. Like, yeah. Not look, really making eye contact.
1: Is this related to why you've been calling your parents lately?
2: yeah and he's just like one literally like one mm-hmm. word like
1: are you gonna be okay
2: now Jerry looks at her mm-hmm. gives her a kiss walks out the door
1: do you mean that when you say that no she gives you a longing look as you walk out the door doesn't say anything and folds her arms. You get in your car and go to work? Mm-hmm. Ray. What's your morning like?
3: It said it starts at 7, right? Mm-hmm. Wake up at 6. <clears throat> I have, like, two cups of coffee, because I'm definitely groggy, because we did a night shift before. I'm still adjusting. Rip a cigarette or two. Pet Sarge, secure the canister. Head out. Okay. Canisters. Yeah.
1: Are you still actively keeping two weapons on you at all time?
3: Uh, well, no. When I was in my house, I took my service weapon off. Um, Yeah, but I
1: mean, when you leave, uh, yeah, yeah. Waist holster and like a chest holster.
3: Yeah, like like not, you know, under shirt. Everything. Right. Is the chest. Um. Because we're in winter. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the exposed waste, a service weapon. Okay. But I will say, just for character purposes, definitely, even when I'm in my house, I have my personal, like.
1: Within arm's reach? Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. Roy, what's your. And, and I'm sorry, you go straight to work? Are you stopping anywhere? Swing by. Uh, albury Club. Just. drive past? I'm just curious. It looks like they haven't opened yet.
2: Mm. You want to get no a act- little pre work? No activity
3: in poo? there?
1: No, it doesn't look like anyone's moving around. You can look in really quickly and you can see all the bar stools are flipped over on the bar. Yeah, yeah go to work.
2: I'm going to get myself a drinky poo.
1: Roy, what's your morning like? uh Wake up, alarm yeah. clock goes off.
4: Yeah, wake up very early, like. F- Five o'clock.
1: Um, and what time does April typically go to school?
4: Like seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, five o'clock. Uh, go take care of the chickens. Take care of the farm. Well,
1: first, when you first start making your way downstairs, mm-hmm. uh, you see April's doors closed. Mm-hmm. Make your way down the stairs. Start making your way towards the door or maybe to get a cup of coffee. You hear a voice. Where? From your kitchen. And it says, don't freak out. I need everyone to leave the table except for Alex. Oh my God! <laughs> and what? this is the reason that I set the chairs up. This is either going to take thirty seconds or it might take like an hour.
0: <laughs> oh, <Holy laughs> shit. have fun, buddy. Oh man. I'm so happy it's not always me. <sighs> yeah. I will also say this. Mm-hmm.
1: For. The remainder of this encounter, you don't have to take notes. Okay? Okay. Just keep that in your mind. Sure. Because there's.
4: Let's just get it. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Make your way downstairs. Maybe you're about to walk towards the coffee pot or the front door, and you hear this voice call out to you. Don't be scared, don't freak out. Your head snaps, and you turn around to see a figure on a seat at your kitchen table, head leaning back, arms dangling, stiff and mutilated. Sitting at your kitchen table is the corpse of Dr. Weiss Clay. Flies silently buzz, circling the corpse, and the same voice speaks. You're still asleep. Sort of. I'm not going to hurt you, Sergeant McNeil. Although the corpse is completely static, dead, and unmoving, you are certain that the voice is emanating from it. Please sit down. H- have a seat. What do you do?
4: Is the whole, everything else as normal in my house? Seems to be. I run. I run upstairs and I creak April's door open. Mm-hmm. Is she in there? No. I shut. It, does it look like she like made her bed and shit? Or?
1: The bed's completely made. Yeah.
4: Okay. I close the door and I walk downstairs.
1: I just want to talk. I'm dreaming. It's a little more complicated than that, but yes. Can I make you more comfortable? Can I get you anything? Tea? Coffee?
4: The voice is coming from the corpse, but he's not... Completely unmoving.
1: (sighs) You're looking closer. The carcass itself is in a further state of decay than when you first saw it before. What was yellowed is now turning this pale green color and any visible blood at this point has hardened and blackened.
4: You're Dr. I, I, like, take a step towards the body. Mm-hmm. And I sit down. I go sit down at the table.
1: You sit down, and you look down. Two plates... And filled teacups appear on the table seamlessly as if they've been there. That's right, they, they they have been here. They've been here the whole time. If this form bothers you, I can change it.
4: Please well, change it?
1: I, I want to warn you that my catalog is a bit specific. And you can see very quickly, before you now sits a younger woman, dark brown hair, youthful and familiar. It's your sister, Renee. Renee? It's... it's, it's, Roy, it's not her. Why would you... Who are you? I can do someone else. Yes, anyone but her. It looks like Ray Hoyt. There's a few of them in here but I, I, I need you to- Jesus, Christ.
0: what the fuck is
4: going on?
1: Look, I, I, I know that this is confusing for you, and it's very fucking confusing for me. I just need you to relax. Who are you? Weiss Clay. <sighs> Look, I need you to do me a favor. Just real quick. Th- think about me when, when you saw me at the donut shop. Can you, can you please do that?
4: Hard. Roy, like, closes his eyes and, like, squints his fucking eyes and tries to think hard about him.
1: You open your eyes up, and he's in front of you in that form. Older man, articulate, well-dressed. So, like I mentioned, you are dreaming, but it, 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 there's a lot. There's a lot going on here, Roy, okay? And I need to express
4: some thoughts. To you. Am I... Am I high again? No. Is this the nitrous oxide? No,
1: no. It's it's none of that. Listen to me. There is a path that you are on. And I'm sure you understand the gist of it thus far. Strange happenings, okay? I don't have a lot of time with you now. But I want to offer you a deal. It will benefit both of us. I've died, as you saw. And before I go further, I want you to understand that this is very strange for me as well. But I have had a lot of time to process it. Sergeant, time does not flow the same where I am. I would argue that it doesn't flow at all. It seems as though I've connected to you somehow tethered like a like a tugboat and a barge or a horse and a carriage I've become luggage of sort
4: And to me and my boys?
1: No. No Roy, just to you. And I haven't invaded you willingly. I promise you that it just sort of happened.
4: Have you been watching me?
1: No. You've been watching me. <laughs> maybe but not in the way that you think see your memories and your feelings and your goals I have been floating in your cosmos for what has felt like a very very long time now Roy I understand that it's only been a few hours for you but I'm grappling with something here Okay, this is the basis of my deal. From what I understand, when I was killed, something kept me here. Okay, in this in-between space. And instead of standing in the middle of the road, I ended up on your curb. Roy and I would like to come inside. I'm asking for a place for me, the me that is now, whatever that is, a place for that me to stay somewhere in you, in your mind where I can watch until this is all over and then I'll leave. I will simply exit you
4: and I won't force you and I won't ask you again if you say no. Why should I have any reason to trust you, man? You put us through to that trailer park. You put us through to this entire path that we've been going down. And that is exactly
1: why you should trust me. If you agree to this, I will answer all of your questions for as long as it takes. And for as many as you have, I will tell you everything. This story, these events, it has a climax. Okay. And I'm very interested to see it unfold And I believe That If you agree to this deal And you ask me for information I'll tell you it It may end the way that you want I know this is a lot right now But it is very important to you And it is as important to me This has been my life's work
4: I close my eyes and squint again, and I try to think of a legitimate, beautiful Cuban cigar. Okay. Does it form in my hands? No. Fuck. Can you get me a Cuban?
1: I can. Look down. There's been a pack of Cuban cigars there. They've been there the whole time. Take as much time as you need, Roy.
4: I grab the Cuban Light it how do you know you can even get out of here once I'm in I
1: th- I'm certain I will get out I don't I don't know exactly the mechanics of it and I can't also promise that parts of me won't bleed through into you but I can say with certainty. fair amount of certainty, admittedly, that once this is gone, because, Roy, this has to be an effect from what's going on, once it's done, I should be able to just leave.
4: The last guy that got put on this trail was you, and he got fucked by whoever put a fucking 12-gauge through your face. Man, I gotta... <sighs> that's true. You're right. It's dangerous. What put you on to this?
1: See, that's a that's a question, Roy.
4: So that's the deal, then? I, I ask you one question, and if I get an answer, we're locked in?
1: No. No, like I said, I'm not forcing you at all.
4: Roy, I respect your
1: autonomy. A hundred percent, I do. I swear it. This is an offer. I I don't think that you should take it. I really wish you would.
4: You wish that I would, but you don't think that I should.
1: You said it yourself, the last person to fall into this. What happened to me? Fuck, man.
4: I have so many questions for you. So what's this mean? I'm just going to dream up, you know? Is this how we're going to talk when I sleep?
1: If you want. Like I said, I'll respect your autonomy. I just want to watch somewhere behind your eyes, front row seat.
4: So you know everything?
1: Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) I know a lot. But I still have questions the same as you do. Some of your questions are questions that I have as well.
4: Do you know everything about my life? What I did? Where I'm from? He nods.
1: And like I said, I... I did not mean to pry. But I was locked there for a while. And I had no choice. I know everything. I don't judge you for any of it. And I don't judge you for keeping it a secret either.
4: I. I ripped the fuck out of the Cuban. Okay. And I'm like. I'm like. And I put it out. I'm like, alright, fine. Fine. Are you certain? You're going to help me figure out. You're going to help us figure out what the fuck is going on with Dan Winters? That chicken. I put is the chicken
1: around? No, the chicken is nowhere to be
4: seen. That chicken. <laughs> with RJ, with Bobby Tillman, right?
1: Okay. Sticks his hand out to shake.
4: Reach out and shake it.
1: As you reach out to shake it, he pulls his hand back before you lock. Are you certain?
4: I don't think... That it hurts me... Nearly as much as it hurts you. Not yet I'm in okay
1: sticks his hand out again shake deep embrace shake good two three shakes and he lets go and he's still there looking at you
4: and you don't feel any different so and I think of I think of the symbol we got your we got your journal, your notes that you wrote.
1: Oh, I remember them deeply, and I also have these memories of you reading them as well. What is it? What's the symbol? It's a deity. Apsogos anikos. There's a lot in there. Okay. I'll start at the beginning for you. It's real. It's very real. I don't know if you needed to hear that. Did you need to hear that?
4: Part of me did.
1: So I first learned of this on a UN Security Council research team. After World War II, me and a few others, including the Bastian Becker that is mentioned in my notes, were contacted to travel to Rome for an extended period of time to study art and artifacts and other antiquities that were stolen. the Italian military. This was in 1947. Most were Egyptian and it took our team a little under a year to go through the entire catalog. Some of these relics were related to Absogos Now the research team was unable to pinpoint exactly where the Italian military took all these relics from. It was impossible. They didn't keep records. But there was Not a lot of information to go on regardless related to this entity. Paintings, pottery, clay tablets, and they all contained that symbol. An eye with a plant stalk in the iris. And through the study of these artifacts and anthropological research, we developed a few theories. The first was that this was a god of fertility, pregnancy, and good harvest. So, the name itself... Opsikos, Anikos It's the root of a lot of arguments Among the research team Ancient Mycenaean Greek Translations were a headache And a lot of the text Didn't fall under the dialects That we knew existed at that period in time So the research team Needed to make a few logical jumps Assuming what the meaning was That was being expressed in these artifacts Because the language itself didn't make sense Mm. Much of the text Went untranslated And although the name itself is vaguely male gendered, we were operating under the assumption that the deity was female. Hence why my journal entries refer to it as her. And this was only because, coupled with the fact that a lot of the text was not grammatically correct or wasn't able to be transcribed, along with the fact that most of the deities related to fertility of that time had existed around there, talking about Mesopotamian, Sumerian. They were all female. There wasn't a single male fertility deity at all. So we started referring to it as a female. Some references to this deity melded the two words together. The first half of Opsogos, the second half of Anikos. That's what was on the coffin it's a blend word but we never had examples of blend words this early in the greek language and it's not even a grammatically correct blend word like spork or texmax or something like that this was a lot of the argument was the semantics the language it didn't make sense <laughs> we didn't give it a lot of thought now the research team was large but the three of us that were tasked specifically with looking into stuff about Apsicos and Icos was myself, Bastian Becker, and an Italian scientist, his name was Lilo Avellone. The artifacts, crude paintings particularly, at one point began to depict scenes of violence. Mm. Now... It, Roy, it was very, very violent. It, it was horrible. Not just murder, but rape and what we thought was sacrifices. Victims stuffed with wheat stalks and all orifices and cavities, then gruesomely killed depictions of torture and murder. There was this piece of art that depicted a man getting his fingers cut off by another, and then the man who cut the fingers off stuck them in his own ears and then lit the both of them on fire. Uh, We haven't even seen that level of creativity and torture and violence in ancient civilizations like that. Now, there also seemed to be this theme related to oneness, which also relates to the name. The direct translation is impeccable, singular, perfect, singular, singularity, singleness, unity. Some paintings depict many people becoming one person, And it always seemed to be through the influence of this deity. Often it would involve iconography of a black heart. Now, I want to make it clear this idea of black heart. At the point, we thought it was strictly symbolic even up to my death. I thought it was strictly symbolic. But with your memories of Bobby Tillman, that may not be the case. Do you have any questions? I have more to explain, but stop me at any point. Because I really want you to go through everything. I want to make sure that you know all that you need to know.
4: Impeccable singularity. Impeccable. Perfect one.
1: Perfect singular. It wasn't one. It wasn't depicting a number of things. It was depicting the idea of one thing as a noun. Singular.
4: You and Becker started on this this study... In Italy, where you met an Italian?
1: Uh, Yeah, he was on the research team as well, Dr. Avalone.
4: Avalone. Fuck, man. I have no questions.
1: The other thing to understand at this time is that the deity was always represented in as if it was a feeling or in essence it was never depicted in physical form much like the way you see depictions of invisible forces in ancient iconography wind hate love things like that so there's no evidence at this point that it had any physical form in the worship not like a, a statue of Zeus or a depiction of some Sumerian deity right
4: yeah
1: at this time, there weren't many relics in totality. There were probably about three or four dozen. And at one point, towards the end, told you it only took us maybe about a year, a little less than that, myself, Becker, Avalone, we were celebrating. We had a bottle of nice whiskey, and we all got drunk. Becker went to bed, and it was Avalone and me together. And... He told me privately that he had thoughts of suicide. But that he'd never do it. He'd never act out on it. He had a kid. He had a wife. People to support. He said that it was a creeping feeling. Deep in his subconscious. And less than a week later, he killed himself. Stabbed himself in the neck and bled out alone in his dormitory. Jesus. And the project concluded shortly thereafter. And I went home. But this is where it started. Did you feel anything? Did Becker feel anything? Not then. So I came home. I went back to the States. I bought a house in Linwood. And I begun to study Apsicos or Apsokos privately. I brought my notes with me. And I was developing theories and cross-referencing those theories with other known deities at the time. And theologies and anthropological studies. We didn't even have names for the tribes that we knew worshipped this thing. It wasn't in any other book. It wasn't in any other documented histories. This was the first contact with this thing. And I stole something from Rome. I stole a single small artifact it was this elongated copper disc that had punches in it it wasn't like jewelry or a pendant it was more of a relic something of religious value small but it had that symbol on it and I would carry it with me all the time I wouldn't put it down
4: is that what Caleb and Jerry found in your backyard
1: you don't know that yet oh they never they didn't share that with you yet oh
4: Okay. Is it? Out of character? Is that...
1: You don't know. Okay. Bastion would help me during this time. Me and Becker stayed close. We would bounce ideas off of each other. And around this point, I started having vivid dreams. Bright flashing lights. The smell of sulfur. It was all very abstract. Feelings. More than anything. Fear. Hate deep, welling sadness. I was scared a lot during that time. I couldn't explain why I felt like I was being watched, which was new and odd and unique. And Roy, I kind of liked that. Now, the working theory now was that Opsikos was a classic, archetypal fertility God whose followers would often commit sacrifices. That's what it depicted. That's what matched with some of the theology of that time. But the big hurdle was deciphering the dialect that was used in these written texts. And that's what admittedly took the most time during this point. I didn't have the primary source, but I copied most of this stuff into my notes, which I brought with me. The linguistic study, it It was exhausting Because that's not my forte But we had a breakthrough It was a clay tablet that translated It read Hidden desires within Would you sever the hand that is connected to your own body I see You and I both know where the last place you saw that was
4: yeah,
1: and it made me think of Lilo Avolone back in Rome, his hidden desire, suicide, and it wasn't a coincidence to me. I I, I was sure, and I'm still sure that Avolone's actions were directly related to exposure to these artifacts because it, it happened to me, my desires, my deep wishes, my subconscious, my obsession with this thing. And I didn't want to stop. There was no reason to, not now. But this was the first time that I acknowledged that it was real. And I was so sure. And I don't know why I had that, that confidence in it. But I had it. So, with the translation, the depictions of violence, the idea of physical unity, and the first-hand accounts that I had with Lilo, my theory became what I now believe today. What I believe sit in front of you right now. Obstakos Anikos is a powerful entity that can affect the way that people think. It can lift a person's restraint. It can lift, strictly speaking, societal restraint. Lift your self-control and force or allow you to act out your your deepest, truest desires, murder, torture, inflicting harm, pain on yourself, pain on other people. There's there's no it doesn't matter how horrible or vile it is. What you want it lets you do or it forces you to do. That's where Becker and I Rooted a lot of our arguments in philosophy. Whether or not a human being is innately interested in that kind of thing. I believe they were.
4: Why did Becker disagree?
1: Well, he argued... I don't remember what he said. I don't remember. I was still with it at this time. I need you to understand. My decline in the journal, it was very real. Especially near the end there. I see. I don't remember what Becker said to me. But I remember that he didn't agree with me and I didn't like it. I was so certain that this is what it was. Because it was what it was. That's what it is. You know, this, this, this... This is the point. This pain... That it allows you to inflict. These desires it allows you to act out. It's not for any other reason. It's a demonstration. Okay? It's to show you. Back to the idea of unity. You would not cut off your own hand. Would you?
4: Of course not.
1: Would you cut off somebody else's? No. What if you had to to survive? To survive?
4: What kind of circumstance? Just
1: answer it. Would you be more willing to cut off your own or somebody else's?
4: Depends on the person. A stranger.
1: Someone evil. Dan fucking winners, Roy.
4: I would cut his hand off over mine. That's the point.
1: This idea of unity. Becoming one this idea that if you were to become one single entity, one impeccable singular, then, then, then there would be no conflict, because conflict would conflict with the idea of self-preservation, because you wouldn't be cutting off someone else's hand, you'd be cutting off your own. That's the idea. It is a complicated religious theory, and it does not fall in line with any of the theology that we know existed at that time. That is very complicated. We're not talking about Tribes in the desert worshiping the sun, okay? Whatever this is, it's fairly abstract. Now, this is what is bothering me since we begun this conversation. That idea of unity. Perfect, singular, one thing. These paintings depicting oneness. The fact that you and I are having this conversation right now makes me think that that might not be symbolic,
3: Roy.
4: Do you follow?
1: Yeah. I know this is a lot.
4: No, I... I know what you mean, man.
1: So, although on paper this was just study, I, I couldn't shake the idea of this being real. I couldn't. And maybe it was because of its influence. Now, like I mentioned, Becker and I would argue over philosophy. And I don't remember a lot of them specifically. This was at the beginning. My obsession was starting to spiral. And any voice that went against what I was saying or what I was thinking, I I just drowned it out. I I think it would be a good idea for you to reach out to him. Because he might have more information, more context, a different viewpoint. Because I'm not what I was. When I was killed. I've had time for my brain to settle down. And I think that I've been released from whatever influence was inflicted upon me. Whatever obsession was being forced out me. Whatever desires I was acting out. I'm a lot more reserved now than I was then. But I was spiraling. And it was getting bad. I would devote every waking moment to studying. I was trying to pinpoint where it was worshipped. Or at least try to pinpoint where the Italians recovered these artifacts.
4: What state of mind are you in now? As truthful as you can be. Curiosity.
1: Like I mentioned earlier, I want to see how this plays out. And I don't care how it does. But Roy, when you spend your entire life working on something... And you get taken out of the game right before it's about to end... That does not feel good. Like I said, I don't care how this ends. I'd like to help you, since you helped me.
4: That you said it was copper piece? Yeah. How? Did Lilo have this piece? No.
1: Lilo was in his he, he wasn't exposed to the artifacts any more than myself or Becker was.
4: But it got to him first?
1: That's my thought.
4: I see. And let me ask you this. You're dead. What the fuck killed you? I
1: was shot in the head, I think. You were? Yes, I, I will get to that, cause that, that ending was stolen from me. Roy, I, I didn't want it to go like that. But there's a lot, and there's a lot of reasons why I got to that point. And why I did what I did and why what was done to me was done to me. And I want more than anything for you to have the context for that. Because if I tell you now, you might not understand it as fully. Because I did have good reasons. I think. I don't know. (laughs) Now, during this time, I wouldn't wouldn't bathe. I I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't sleep. I would write until my fingers were raw. This was prior to me working as principal, in case that wasn't clear.
4: Yeah.
1: All this, with this numbing background noise of Becker begging me to stop, I... I I threw away the chance of a wife and a family and a normal life, okay? I... I don't know why it got that bad. I have no idea. I don't know what caused this obsession, but I fell into it nonetheless. You have a daughter,
4: correct? I do. She's She's like a daughter.
1: Roy, I can be inside your head, and I've been there for a while. And although the paper says niece, I know what you think. You have something that I will never have, and I just want to make it clear now that you should take care of it as best you can.
4: Do not take my daughter from me.
1: I wasn't planning on That's not my intention. I'm telling you now. Don't misconstrue what I'm trying to say. I... I'm not going to take her from you.
4: This part is irrelevant to anything you have to say to me.
1: It's very relevant. Because I didn't have that. So I could go all the way in. I could go to the deep end because I had no one waiting for me when I got out. That's what I'm saying.
4: I don't plan on pushing myself too far to lose her.
1: You might not have a choice. And that's not a threat. That's a warning. Just tread carefully. I I know you don't need to hear that. I know your mind's already made up, but...
4: Did I have a choice before I shook your hand?
1: You did. Only because I know the way that you operate. And you'd be lying if you said after I tell you all this stuff that you're not going to do anything with that information. That's a lie. Of course you're going to do something. So yes, you did have a choice. And now because of your nature and how you operate, you might not.
4: Okay. Okay. Look. (laughs) And Roy, like, chuckles a little bit. He's like, that's obviously not what I... (sighs) Can you get me a bourbon? Sure. Waves his hand. On the rocks, It's
1: been there the whole time. How did you not see it before?
4: I grab my bourbon that's been there. And I'm like, that's obviously... (sighs) Not what I want. Weiss.
1: Oh, well, I know, but what you want and what's gonna happen those are you can't fight your nature and I'm not being coy I'm not playing with you I'm you know that Roy don't tell me with a straight face that you're gonna just wake up and pretend like this conversation never happened when I tell you all about Bobby and RJ and Lucas and Chris and all of them, that you're going to do nothing.
4: I pinch myself. Do I feel it? Yeah, you feel it. Uh, I start looking around and I'm like, where's the fucking nitrous tanks? Where are the nitrous tanks stop, at? Stop, Roy, stop. Stop it. I'm, the lieutenant was probably not lying. He, I got high. Everyone in that fucking room got high.
1: Do you really think that? Because I know what you really think. You can't hide it from me, at least.
4: I think when I wake up, that's what I'm going to have to think.
1: Well, good thing you're still sleeping.
4: So what else you got for me?
1: Well, I don't remember what exactly spurred it, but there was a moment where I had lucidity. I was spiraling horribly. And it was Becker, his face. He was crying. We were in my study, and I had a barrel of a shotgun pressed to the roof of my mouth. I was sitting on the floor. I don't remember how it got there or what led up to that, but I regained control for a moment, threw the gun across the room, promised Becker I would stop this spiral, this obsession. So I buried the artifact that I stole, put it in my backyard, and I filed all the papers, And all my research and my study. And above all, I found the resolve to keep that promise for a long time. I quit. Six years of study after Rome. And I quit. I dropped it. And I'm sure you know how that ended. (sighs) I gotta get a beer. (laughs) I've been talking So from there, with support from Becker, I I tried my hardest to make a decent life. I, I... Worked on my mental health, I developed good eating habits, I picked up a few hobbies, hunting pheasants, that's where my shotgun collection mainly came from, and I was happy I landed a job, Anthropological Studies, at the University of Chicago with Becker. But this was dangerous, because any work in history or anthropology or archaeology, it just guided me closer and closer to... ...Apsicos. So I quit that job, and then I became the principal, Churchill Middle School. And I was overqualified, but it was a good fit. It was close to home, and the work wasn't boring, and I was content with simply helping children pursue education. I think education is important. Genuinely, I do. I agree. I admit that I was better. This idea and obsession with opsocos hung on me heavy, very, very heavy, but I never acted on it, 16 years. I didn't do an ounce of research, nothing. I know that you read my journal, and it genuinely begun as described. There was a man who I now know was Robert Tillman. He was at a grocery store, and I followed him. I don't know why I did, and I overheard him speak the name Apsogos Enikos. And no one should be aware of that name. Nobody. Because no one, at least without a, a deep understanding of anthropological studies and ancient deities and obscure gods, because to my knowledge, not a single person, even throughout the six years of my private study and the 16 of my lull, my, my, my time where I didn't study at all, nobody looked into this at all except for myself, Becker, and Avalone. And I know Becker didn't, and I know I didn't. The question of how this deity took root in America, I still don't know. Genuinely, I have no idea. I told you that some questions that you have and questions that I have are going to be the same questions. I started tailing Bobby. I was watching his movements and who he was speaking to. And funny enough, using your memories, I can put names to them. He was meeting with Sean Gosman, RJ Quinnen.
4: Hmm.
1: Chris Malaki as well, and Lucas Iannidis. He
4: saw them? Re- how recent?
1: I mean... Uh, This was 69. Oh, okay. This was about in 69. Sometimes they would meet at a nightclub. I mentioned it in my journal. It's called Blue Coda. It's in Minneapolis. Oh. It's a club. This is the nightclub. But it's ran by these criminals, okay? Mafia types. Uh, I'm talking guys in suits from Chicago, okay? Yeah. And so these guys, you know, you're... Bay Street, as it were. They would meet with a variety of people there. The five of them, they were they were transporters, okay, for for different dangerous criminals. They would drive a lot of different things, a lot of different places. Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, even as far as Pittsburgh. During that time, it was mostly drugs, but it was also guns as well. Most of the time, whatever they were shipping was given to them from one party to give to another party, but on a few occasions, I saw one of them, usually it was RJ, but sometimes it would be Bobby, requisition these things, buying guns in Chicago, or buying bundles of drugs in Milwaukee. It wasn't just between point A and point B, they were suppliers as well, to an extent.
4: What drugs are we talking?
1: I am a bit embarrassed to say, but I'm not quite sure. White powder, cocaine, I'm not sure.
4: Sounds like cocaine.
1: Now, here's the thing. Under my theory now, you need to understand that obsequos anicos, it plays to your deep desires. What I believe to be violence, murder, drugs, sex, the thing is, is that these are also pretty lucrative actions. Okay. So, it's no surprise that those who walk the path of the black heart would fall into work like this. And they'd have no reservations about it whatsoever. Does it make money? Sure. But it's a direct effect. I think. Mm -hmm. In May of 69, they were transporting a coffin. I mentioned that. I originally thought it was a trick of smuggling. Like, it had something in there that they were trying to get across state lines, but it was... It wasn't that. Uh, There was a placard on it that read, Apsocos. Okay. Yeah.
4: Now... Jesus fuck, man. Don't tell me that... I don't know what was
1: in it. I have no idea. But whatever it was must have been important and controversial because... Here's what I heard them say. They were taking it from Pittsburgh to Chicago. They transported it in a hearse. They took it from Pittsburgh. They skipped Chicago entirely. And then they went to Madison, northwest. They got in an altercation amongst themselves. They stayed in Madison for a few days. RJ shot and killed Sean Gossman. And I saw it. How did you see it happen? You were following them that close? I... It was very dangerous, Roy. And there is no doubt in my mind, especially with the way that this ended, that they must have known. They, mu- they had, There's no way they didn't. No. Here's the kicker, though, is four days after that, Bobby shot and killed Chris Malaki, also in Madison. Oh. Two dead. I lost them after that, but based off of your memories, I know where the coffin ended up how it got there, I don't know, or why. A few days after that, I broke into a car outside of Blue Coda, and in the trunk I found small relics, like Rome, but I have that catalog memorized, and those were not in our catalog.
4: S- was the symbol on there? Yes, all over Whose car was this?
1: I don't think it was any of those Bay Street guys. I don't know whether it was some organized crime member or police police there were so many police officers there and they would go in there brazenly in full uniform
4: officers from minnesota officers
1: minneapolis specifically and they had no reservations about associating with a known criminal element so openly it would have only taken one interested person to figure this out and put it together
4: so If they knew, were they just that confident in their ability to shut shit down from the ground up?
1: I don't think anyone stepped to them. No one tried anything. I don't know why. It's confusing to me. Whether they had the ability to shut this shit, as you say, down, or if they didn't care, they had no worries about repercussion or image
4: at all. Do you? What kind of car was this? Do you know? It was a police cruiser. It was a cruiser.
1: Minneapolis police cruiser. Jesus Christ, man. Now look, if you do talk to Becker, he and I argued a lot more around this because I kept him up to date on everything that I was doing. And my spiral was way quicker, almost as if I picked up from where I left off. 16 years prior it it was a quick quick degradation and as much as I tried to stop it I noticed that my memories were becoming foggy and truthfully from this point on my only real reference to what happened then I have bits and pieces but most of it is going off of what you read in my journal and me trying to remember based off of that
4: Okay. So, the map in your journal, that's Blue Coda?
1: That's Blue Coda. What you need to understand is that at this point, at this point, what I theorized was that what was unfolding was a coalition of criminal elements aided and abetted by local police generating money and perpetrating acts of violence somehow, some way for. This deity for Apsokos. And it wasn't just a cult. It is not just a cult, it's a whole network criminal enterprises. From here to Milwaukee to Chicago to Pittsburgh. It's widespread. I don't know exactly how involved every single facet of that network is into the worshipping, but, but 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 it I mean it has to be. Now, the last thing in my memory that is clear was my last night, which was last night. I don't remember what spurred me. Even considering the journal entry, I I can't make sense of it. Like I said, my mental state is not as depraved as it was then when I wrote it, so I mean, it doesn't make much sense to me, but what I do remember is arming myself My weather bee over under, it was my favorite. Stuffed my jacket pockets full of 12-gauge, and I made my way to assault Blue Coda. I don't know why, but I wanted to kill as many as possible. I climbed the fire escape, and I came in through the second story, and the whole thing was a blur to me. Uh, I fired a shot at a man through a closed window. I climbed through. There was another man who came in through a doorway. I shot him, and then I reloaded, and there was a struggle... What was strange was I'm sure they were all armed. None of them fired a shot at me It was like they knew I was important or I had information or I had something They didn't fire a shot They tried to disarm me, but I had reloaded up to that point. So I remember squeezing the trigger and I blew a man's head off as he was trying to wrestle the shotgun away from me And he was wearing a Minneapolis police Uniform.
4: Officers were watching this happen. Too?
1: They were upstairs. Okay, this is the second floor in a nightclub? I don't know. I don't know. But someone struck me hard in the back of the head. They hit me with something. Uh, I, I I don't remember much more. After that, I woke up in the back seat of my own car, driving on the freeway toward Linwood. And Roy did not... Recognize the driver then. But with you, I know him now. It was Dan Winters.
4: Dan Winters drove you to your own fucking he house? He drove
1: me back to my house, and there were two others in the car. One of them stuck me with something in my neck, and I don't... I don't remember anything else from then.
4: That was your last memory. It was Dan Winters driving you to your house
1: no no I remember something else after it I it was a knife that Winters had I feared I feared it I fear it now so deeply this primal kind of fear it was crude Jagged, pitch black, rough, menacing edges. My mind was transported to a place of raw instinct, like 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 the very essence of human survival. Okay, this knife, I...
4: I just being near it or seeing it? I just
1: remember it, and it was extinction. Okay, my blood screamed. I don't know. Above all else, I respected it. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But that was it. And then after that, I was watching somewhere far away as you came into my bedroom.
4: And is that how you joined me? Joined my mind? I think so. So you didn't even know how you died, really?
1: Going off of your memories, I think I can put put it together. You don't think so?
4: No, I I, I do. I, oh, fucking Dan Winters. That son of a bitch needs to get punished.
0: Well,
1: you made a mistake. What was it? I don't know why you would reveal what you did at the press conference. You put a target on your back. What was the goal? To solve the case? The case is bigger than the case.
4: The case hasn't gotten as far as it has ever, as far as I'm aware. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You know more than me.
1: Well, now we know the same amount.
4: And I know that releasing the information that we had, (laughs) at the time, it was a gamble.
1: Look, you better hope it pays off because the way that I see it, if I were you, I would take this thing off the books immediately because this invest there is no benefit to being under the purview of police.
4: How can we go about leaving the the unit now? We 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 can't just leave uh, all four of us. Davy Jones is in it. I'm
1: sorry. I killed those kids. Blah, blah, blah. You saw it. It was written all over. No. Just bag it. Bag no. it and tag it. Roy, it's so much more important than this. You have nothing but threats around every no. corner because you have no. to operate in I'm this high. rat maze. I'm
4: high and I...
1: You, you didn't even write the note. I know I didn't, but it was smart.
4: Whoever? F- smart for who? You and me. No. Someone wrote that note that was against us.
1: What are the benefits of operating under the purview of your precinct today? You need answers. You need to beat the shit out of people because I'm too old to do it. I wasn't able to. Go to Blue Coda, go there, grab somebody, hurt them, and make them talk.
4: I don't do that. I don't do that, Weiss. I don't.
1: I know you don't. I figured I'd try. I know you don't.
4: That's why. Oh God, damn it! Staying in the unit, staying with my with my group. If I leave, i I feel like it's gonna be. Game over for me.
1: Granted, you will not have the protection that you have. Because although you are exposed, you are relatively safe.
4: Exactly. What are the people going to think when they hear that the sergeant of the violent crimes unit was put down very shortly after releasing all this information about this case? And or my detectives. I can't lose my guys.
3: I can't.
1: I'm just putting it out there. Look, here's the other thing is that whatever you experienced at Quickstore, I have no idea what that was. I have a few theories. Whether it's the entity given form or a shard of the entity or something, especially those scrawlings about feeding it until I is we, right? That's the whole idea of unity. Yeah. They're giving it something. And I think that it might be making a physical form. That's my guess, okay? But I have had many theories throughout this investigation, and I've told you it's taken my whole life. Not all of them have been right.
4: So you saw Caleb get thrown against the wall and lifted into the air? Yeah. I'm not surprised. You're not surprised at that? I... (sighs)
1: Because I knew it was real. I still do.
4: Yeah. So, you don't even know what that thing is. Was, if it even was a thing or a being or smoke and mirrors. No idea. Why'd you put us through to the trailer park?
1: Because I wanted to get pressure on Bobby. I knew that he went around there. I honestly had no idea that he was there for a kid. But if Bobby's nervous, then he makes mistakes and I can catch them. He slips up because the cops are around. And that helps me.
4: It was smart doing that.
1: I'm not quite sure.
4: So, let me get this straight you find you keep one of these you know souvenirs artifacts with absucosus symbol this is a coin this is a
1: yeah uh, it's best i can say is some sort of relic it's hard to describe it's a flat metal piece but i never sensed any inherent danger from it or being near it
4: well right. that's when you started losing your mind
1: I think that it's the mere idea of this thing that incurs this and lets it in and allows it to come in. I don't think that the actual artifacts had anything to do with it. Because think about it, if if, if if you think about it, theorize the idea of it, nobody worshipped this thing. We don't know where. So that means that whatever worshippers it had died out or were erased. So that's... That's us right now. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, is dangerous.
4: I know what you mean. Oh.
1: Once I saw RJ carrying art supplies. Paint and brushes. I don't know if that's important or not.
4: RJ was carrying art?
1: Yeah, supplies?
4: Hmm.
1: Wasn't canvases or anything like that. I'm trying to think what else would be helpful for you. I apologize. Like I mentioned, we're bound now. He, yeah. g- he gives you a smile.
4: <sighs> I literally... Roy literally...
1: <sighs> if you want to talk, I'll... Be here just the same. And I'll be watching, so...
4: Are you... You'll you'll still be here when I wake up?
1: No. But I'll be here the next time you go to sleep. At least that's my understanding of it, as it is now.
4: (sighs) Okay. I'm intrigued. About going to Blue Coda.
1: I would wait. I know I want you to go there, but... They're probably on high alert because of what I did. This was only two nights ago, so.
4: Do you think that they...
1: The club's probably closed.
4: Yeah, yeah. What do you think they would do if... (laughs) It's a stupid question. We'd get fucked anyway. If some Linwood Falls officers walk in there.
1: You would probably be murdered.
4: Yeah. So what you're saying is you don't think that, from their perspective, we are as special as you, yet.
1: That I don't know. I don't even know if they know what you're on. I mean, the only example that I can see is them messing with evidence or leaving a note for you in the locker. There's not a lot there.
4: Do you think Becker... Becker knew? Becker's really the only other person that knows that you went down this path.
1: He doesn't know where I ended up. And I... Admittedly, it is a little selfish of me to say I'd like you to reach out to him. Because more than anything, I'd like you to apologize on my behalf. Because he is my only friend. And I hurt him physically and emotionally. And I feel horrible about that. And if I could take it back, I would. Where is he? University of Chicago. He's a professor there.
4: I'll talk to him for you.
1: Thank you. Is there anything else you have for me now?
4: Fuck, I have so many
1: questions. I'm not going anywhere. As many as you have and as long as it takes. That's the deal.
4: Do you, rec- do you remember the faces of the other people that were in the car with Dan Winters?
1: If I see them, I'd be able to recognize them for you, yeah.
4: Will I know w- when I see them, or will I have to wait till I sleep for you to talk to me? I'm not sure. We'll have to experiment.
1: See, I am I, speaking in confidence, and what I can say confidently, and I have not told you a lie thus far... I genuinely believe that I will be able to detach myself when this is over because I will have no reason to stay here. This obsession, this connection that you and I have as well, this has to be because of some sort of influence. So when this is over, I hate to come full circle, but you will either be dead or set free.
4: What does that mean, Lois?
1: I don't know. I want to know. Very much so.
4: Something tells me that you weren't set free. (laughs) You're stuck in my fucking brain. No, it it killed me. I I was the the prior, not the latter there. Very much so.
1: But now I'm in in, an in-between space. Thanks for being such a good sport about this, by the way. I was a little nervous on how this would go.
4: Roy fucking chuck God damn it. I like this guy. Alex likes this guy. God damn it. <sighs> yeah, Roy, Roy Roy fucking chuckles is like, don't thank me for that. That's That's not why I'm letting you stay here. Okay. Alright. I stand up.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And like I look around and the house looks the same. Yep. Well, is there anything you have for me?
1: I gave you everything. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. You're going to wake up now, and in a snap, you wake up in your bed, sheets soaked, you're drenched in sweat. You look over at the alarm clock, and it says six o'clock on the dot.
4: Okay. Shit. All right. Do we want to bring them back in or do we want to... What do we want to We're do? We're not done yet.
1: <laughs> okay. What do you
4: know? I wake up and I'm like... <sighs> I'm like pale, cold sweat. Yeah. I stand up, like barefoot, clammy feet on the shaggy carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, I like peek my... I step up, peek my head out the hallway. Mm-hmm. Is April's door open?
1: Yes. Yeah. Fuck. I, it's always, like, it's like cracked
4: open. I yeah. was like, fuck.
1: God. You don't hear her downstairs though. You would imagine she's probably getting ready for school.
4: Yeah. I shimmy, shimmy downstairs. Because mm-hmm. I'm running late. I overslept. Mm-hmm. So I shimmy downstairs. I don't say anything to April. mm mm-hmm. uh, as But as soon as I get to the bottom of the stairs, like I halt and like stare at the seat that he was sitting in. Mm-hmm. It looks normal.
1: Looks completely normal.
4: I call from upstairs. April, you up? Yeah. All right. Um Fuck, okay. She doesn't have breakfast. I'll make her breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Sunny side up eggs. Brown. Gotcha. Nice. <laughs> um make her the eggs. Yep. Breakfast ready for you downstairs. Run upstairs. hmm Throw on my fucking button-up shirt. Button mm-hmm. the badge on. Yeah. Pin the badge on.
1: There's a moment where you're, like, looking. Uh, get your clothes all set up. Put it on. Go into the bathroom real quick to, like, wash your face. And you mm-hmm. look at the mirror. And you catch a glimpse of your reflection. But it's not you in the reflection. It's Weiss Clay looking back.
4: Roy's heart fucking sinks. Roll sanity. 60 on a 46.
1: You're gonna lose two points of sanity. Okay. You grab your chest, you look to your hands, you press your hands to your face, you stumble backwards, you trip and fall on your ass, and you say, Oh, Roy, oh no. <laughs> you stand up and you make your way over to your bedstand. You grab a pen and a piece of paper and write. Dr. Bastian Becker Followed by a phone number You quickly look outside Your bedroom door To watch April walk down the stairs You slam the door closed You look around frantically You squeeze your eyes closed Tightly Your breath quickens And then slows And you feel in control again I would like to introduce you to your disorder Dissociative Identity Disorder now, it's a little different than how it runs in the book, Yeah. but anytime you lose two or more sanity points in a single roll, Weiss is going to take over.
4: Oh, goddammit.
1: Now, here's the kicker. You'll be controlling Weiss. He's got a separate character sheet, which I'm going to give you. Oh, shit. Separate skills, separate everything. Let me give it to you.
4: Oh, my God.
1: Yep. So, I also have a printout for you with his memories, his goals, his motivations, but his actions, what he does, is going to be completely up to you, and how long he's in control for, it, it might be a little difficult for Roy to understand how it works at first, but you can take back control at any point, okay? Mm-hmm. You're also going to be able to freely converse with Weiss anytime you go to sleep, okay?
4: Okay, yeah.
1: And although Roy isn't... 100% sure how all this works. He has a general understanding of it. okay. Yeah. yeah, and you're also aware of Weiss's motivations and his goals and his memories
4: oh My god man,
1: so narratively this is completely up to you Weiss is in control for as long as Roy feels comfortable for he can do whatever he wants to do and His goals actually if you would mind mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind just read his goals aloud
4: Yeah um Okay. His, okay, his goal above everything else is to see the events unfold. He's more grounded now than when he died. Um, The case. Weiss doesn't really care how the case ends. More than anything, he wants to watch it unfold, and if possible, help along the way. He's aware that his mental state has deteriorated prior to dying, and that obsession has clouded his better judgment. His mind is clearer now, and his obsession has gently reduced to its original state of curiosity. Absacocynikos. Weiss wants to know the motivations of of this entity. Although he is fairly certain that they are not benevolent, he wants to know the extent of it, and whether or not the entity is being manipulated in any way. Regardless of whether or not the entity is evil, even if it has destructive ideas of the human race, Weiss simply wants to be a bystander and allow whatever is planned to unfold but he wants a front row seat. Fuck. Roy, his team, and the Linwood police. Weiss wants to protect Roy if for no other reason than to protect himself. He has less regard for Roy's team but acknowledges that their survival is beneficial for Roy's survival. (laughs) Fuck. Oh my god, bro. The same can be said of the rest of Linwood's police force. Bastion Becker. If given the chance, he'd like to apologize to his friend, Bastian Becker. He feels guilty for hurting Becker, not only physically, but emotionally abusing his only friend. When Even when Weiss was at his lowest point, teetering on the verge of full insanity, Becker supported him. April McNeil, one of Clay's biggest regrets, is sacrificing his chance of having a family for his investigation. He appreciates Roy's relationship with April, and if possible, will operate in a way to protect that relationship. Okay, that's thank God. So Son what do you, of a what, bitch. Do you, what do you think? This is fucking sick. You dude. think you can handle this? I think so. I think definitely give can. Give me
1: handle a, this. give me your best voice clay voice. <sighs> the fuck. Sometimes sometimes I'll do him like this. Sometimes I'll have him talk like he's yeah. speaking on eggshells, but the end is always confident. Uh. Other times I'll just have him talk at a normal articulate way like this. Normally when he's stressed out, that's when he starts to talk like this. That's how he was talking when you were out for donuts. Like that.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay, so he kind of thinks uh, linearly, and it sounds like he's thinking of his thoughts until it reaches its conclusion. You got it. All
1: right. You can work on it. All right. You going to take on this challenge? Dude, yeah. This is a cool disorder.
4: Yeah, this is sick. Yeah.
1: Well, with you preparing to go out for your next shift at the VCU with some additional luggage. That's where we're going to pick up next session.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of LFVCU, a Nasty Table production.